Hey there, birth nerd. You're listening to the Birth Worker Podcast. My name is Kylie Banks, and I am totally obsessed with birth and equally obsessed with business. And this is the show where I help women turn their passion for birth into a sustainable, profitable, and most importantly, impactful career. All right, let's get into it. You're listening to episode 116 of the Birth Worker Podcast. Today is Friday, which means I'm answering your questions right here on the podcast. If you're new here, we do two episodes per week. I do two episodes per week. I do have an amazing team supporting me, so I typically default to saying we, but I record two episodes per week. One of them is either a solo episode on a single topic or a guest interview, and then every single week on Friday, that's when I'm answering your questions here on the podcast. If you have not submitted your question for an episode yet, the process is really, really simple, and you can just go to birthworker.com slash ask and fill out the form. And and hey, you don't know, maybe uh, maybe I'll answer your question next Friday here on the podcast. Uh, you'll find that link in the show notes also if you're ever wondering. So today we have three questions that are actually all about content in some way, which is amazing because content is like one of the major key pieces to growing your doula business or your birth business. And to be honest, most students that come into my world, they come into my world with like maybe 500 or less followers on social media. And so really that first year that people are in my community and in my mentorship and in our programs, it's really spent on developing content processes to get your stuff, get more eyeballs on your stuff, to get your stuff in front of more people. A lot of times doulas come to me and they already have an idea of what kind of services and offers they want to have. And if you don't, that's okay because I I help with that too. But like I said, one of the big things that a lot of people, a lot of my students need to focus on that first year is creating content just to start growing those, the audience on social media. So the first question that we have today is about podcasting. And the question is, hey, Kylie, how do I record a podcast in a way that requires minimal editing? And the reason I picked this question is because it's a lot of things that it's a lot. It's something that a lot of people don't think about is like, how do I make this faster or more streamlined so I can go actually spend my time doing other things that I love? And the reason I picked this question is because that's a question that we literally should be asking ourselves all day, every day with everything, always just like, how can I make this process more simple so I can go to the things that I really love? It's not even about making it faster. It's about making it more simple and making it more easeful. Because if we're thinking of just speed all the time, that's like an anxious uh, anxious desire, right? I want things to be fast. I want to get done faster. That's born out of anxiousness. But ease, ease, that's born out of something a lot better. <laughs> um, so the question again is, how do I record a podcast in a way that requires minimal editing? The first thing you have to do is you have to prep it really, really well. Now, prepping is going to look different for everybody. Some people are going to want to script script out like the entire episode word for word. Some people are just going to take bullet points. Figure out what works best for you and then prep it really well. Make sure you if you're for instance, let's say you're choosing bullet points, which is what I do, make sure you have enough bullet points and enough direction so you don't go off on long tangents. And if you do go off on long tangents, hey, it's time to be okay with that to be honest. Part of uh, preparing to record a podcast, too, is really just practicing. So I don't know if you guys know this, but I had a podcast several years ago, maybe four years ago, 
it was a birth story podcast for moms. And this was when I was really trying to promote my my own online courses and virtual offers like through COVID. And those first podcast episodes required a ton of editing because I was brand new. Okay, so sometimes making mistakes and needing to edit is part of the process. But I promise you, if you keep your eye on the prize of like, I'm going to get really good at this one day, uh, you will get there and it's not going to require editing anymore. And just so you guys know like where you can get to, I'm at a point now where the majority of my podcasts, I don't have to edit like a single thing. One of the reasons that is, is because I've practiced a lot. I'm, I've done over a hundred episodes here on this podcast. I did, I think over 30 to 30 to 50 episodes on my old podcast. I've recorded hundreds of hours of videos for our programs, like multiple hundreds and hundreds. And then also I'm coaching live on Zoom every single week for at least like three to five hours live on Zoom. So I've just gotten a lot of practice speaking. So I make less mistakes. That being said, I've also lowered my expectations when it comes to this podcast. So if you were to go back and listen to my old podcast when I when we did birth stories, I literally edit out, edited out every single um, every single tiny mistake, every single time I said, you know, or like, like this, like that. I would spend six to eight hours editing a podcast episode that was like 45 minutes. <laughs> and that's because I was overcompensating for being new. And we overcompensate in a lot of ways. That is just one of them. But as time went on, totally lowered my expectations, which to be honest, in the end, makes my episodes better, more authentic, more realistic, more relatable. And so really, you'll notice on the podcast, if I make little mistakes, I just keep going because my time is way better spent doing other things and not editing out like the little tiny mistakes in a podcast. And then the last recommendation that I have for ways to record a podcast that requires minimal editing is doing something that I cause the the that I call the pause editing method. And so if I'm recording a podcast and if I make a mistake, instead of like just continuing on right away, which would then lead to a bunch of mistakes, but like then then you have to like listen to the whole episode to like find the mistakes. It just takes too long. So if I do make a mistake, if I sneeze, if the dog barks, whatever, I'll actually pause for like five to 10 seconds and then I'll pick up exactly like on the same word that I left off on. And then when I'm editing, I can go into my editing software. I just use GarageBand and I can look for the the spaces that have like a five to 10 second break in like audio. It's like a straight line. It's like a flat line. And I'll literally just go in and I'll remove that flat line, spend like five seconds max, like making sure the little pieces fit together and I'll move on. So to be honest, I'm actually like not listening to my podcast episodes again. I'll listen to my guest episodes. Those require a lot more editing, but my solo episodes, I'm, if there's no mistakes, I'm not going back and re-listening. I just trust that it's fine. And really the reason is, is I don't have a million hours to do this. I'm, I don't do this to be a content creator. I do this as part of my content strategy to coach doulas how to be great doulas and how to run their businesses. So yes, podcasting is fun, but I need to think like, Kylie, like what's your main purpose? Like what what do you love doing? 
love podcasting, don't love editing podcasts. But then also like, why do you do this? And for me, it's to to serve more students. And this is just a piece of the puzzle. If I could make this easy, if I could make podcast editing easy, you better believe I'm doing everything that I can to make it easier. All right. Question number two is from Kamira. And Kamira says, hey, Kylie, what are some ways a YouTube channel could be used as part of my marketing plan? So first we talked about podcasting. Now we're talking about YouTube. You know, YouTube is a fantastic piece of the marketing puzzle. And really what that means is it's a fantastic piece of like the content puzzle. So it's going to attract a lot, potentially a lot of new people into your world. YouTube has to be thought of as a piece of long-form content. So I I just say long-form content a lot of times. When I say long-form content, I mean podcast, YouTube, blog. Other ways that, that potentially we could do this is like weekly newsletters, which we really should be doing both, like regardless. And then also if you're like, I don't want to do any of those things, uh, Instagram Live, like a weekly Instagram Live could be one way to do it. But long-form content is something that every single one of us really should be doing, especially if you want to grow your business and replace your income from your last job. Hey, even if you want to like replace your partner's income so they can stay home too, long-form content has got to be a piece of your bigger strategy. And again, it's part of a marketing strategy, but also really part of like that attraction strategy because it's attracting those people what we what we call like on the front end, like it's attracting strangers to you. And the reason is because YouTube is a search platform. Like YouTube is owned by Google. YouTube, people go to YouTube to search for specific videos. Uh, if you have played around on YouTube at all, you've probably seen someone named Bridget Taylor. Bridget Taylor, she I feel like she's like the queen of like pregnancy and parenting YouTube. And the reason is that she started a long time ago and she was just very, very, very consistent and continuously got better. She invested in her YouTube channel. She invested in her um, recording area and just her ability to put out really good content. And let me tell you, it freaking worked for her and it could work for you too. Now, something that you need to keep in mind if you're going to go the YouTube route is that you have to put out consistent episodes. Like you need to put out videos weekly. And with YouTube, quality really matters. With blog, quality like doesn't matter very much. With podcast, you know, audio does matter a lot for sure with the podcast, which can be changed just by like getting a better microphone. Super easy. But for YouTube, not only does audio quality matter, but the video quality matters too. So really, if you're going to go to YouTube, I am a fan of like, go big or go home. <laughs> like do it. If you're going to waste your time on it, you might as well not waste your time and you might as well do it well. So get the good mic, get the good lighting, do what you need to do, get good at editing. And then most importantly, put out those episodes consistently. Now, I mentioned Bridget a little bit, and I mentioned that she has absolutely taken courses and hired mentors to help her with YouTube, and that's something that I would recommend too. If you're going to go all in on YouTube, go follow the YouTube educators Go on YouTube, <laughs> go follow them on YouTube, and go take a YouTube class or a, a film class. It's really going to help you. Now, we talked about YouTube as a marketing strategy, also as an attraction strategy, but to be honest, it's also a nurturing strategy. So don't just rely on like new people to find you on YouTube all of the time. 
you should be sending your YouTube videos to your current audience as well. So this is like cross-posting or repurposing. So I told you guys that I also recommend having an email list, right? Sending weekly newsletters. If you're putting out weekly YouTube content, send that YouTube link in your weekly newsletter, right? So we're cost, we're, we're cross-promoting. You should also be sending your Instagram followers to your YouTube videos. So every time you put out a YouTube video, make a little Instagram story or a little reel and link it and half people go to, to watch your long form YouTube video. So you can repurpose it to Instagram, you know, cross post on Instagram. You could promote it to your, your email list. It's one big circle. Like everything should promote everything. And if you guys are on my email list, you know this, right? You get my emails every week that send you to the podcast. On my podcast, I also send you to my free resources, which then gets you on my email list. On my Instagram channel, I'm sending you to all of those things. <laughs> so everything goes to everything. And that's that's what's like building this fantastic nurture strategy. And the reason we didn't need a nurture strategy is that people aren't most most of the time, like the vast majority of the time, people are not just going to go to your website or go to your Instagram or go to your YouTube and purchase the same day. They're going to like find you and they're going to be intrigued and they're going to follow you and they're going to consume sometimes upwards of 50 to 100 pieces of content before purchasing from you. Now, I know this because I track my numbers, okay? So uh, 60% of people that come into my world and join our programs are new to my world within one month, which is fantastic. That means that I'm doing a really good job taking someone from a stranger online or a stranger on social media, stranger on the podcast, to one of my students in about a month. But the other 40%, do you know the average length of time it takes the other 40% to purchase something from me to come into my world? It takes 208 days. And that's the average. That means there's there's people who take multiple years <laughs> to uh, from the time that they get on my email list or start following me to the time that they actually become a student. So yes, YouTube is a fantastic attraction strategy, a marketing strategy that gets people in and converts them really quickly to students and clients, but also it's a nurture strategy. So it's going to be nurturing those people who are already on our email list, who already follow us, who are already subscribed, hopefully so they go on and become students and clients within the next several years. I love that question, Kamira. I'm excited. I really hope you touch back and let me know if you decided to launch a YouTube channel and how it's working out for you. All right. The last question is from Kira. And Kira says, Kylie, can you walk us through your process for creating content? Walk us through your process of creating content. I told you guys this episode is all about content and marketing. So I love this question too, Kira, because, and Kira, by the way, is one of our most amazing students. She is fantastic. And she this question is similar to that first question, which is already thinking about how do I streamline this? How do I make my job easier? Which literally, like I said, should be something that you're thinking about all the time. Not necessarily like faster because we don't want it to be anxious, but just easeful. How do, we, how do we make this make more sense? How do I use my time more wisely? And that's what this question is. It's Kylie, can you walk us through your process of creating content? And when I create con- content, I'm thinking, how do I save myself time and make this very easy and make it so I can go spend time doing what I love? So for me and my business here at birthburger.com, 
we start with the podcast. Everything starts with the podcast. And actually, I could zoom back a little bit and say that before I even start creating content, I need to know what what else is going on in the business. So to be honest, it starts with our marketing calendar. So I have a big Google spreadsheet where all along the left side are the dates. And then each column says like podcast, Instagram, emails, launches, notes, you know, live events. And I literally just go in and I've already done this for all of 2024, but I literally just go in and I fill out all of my launches. So I know exactly what's happening when, exactly what I need to promote when, um, you know, which date we're raising the price on which offer, which by the way, we're going to raise the price to the membership uh, coming up here, I think next week or the week after, because we're adding some really cool things to the membership. Um, that's in that marketing calendar, right? So that's first. So when I even think about creating content, the process starts way before I actually even brainstorm the content itself. So step one, create a marketing calendar in Google Spreadsheets. Step two, figure out your long form content. So remember I said it was either YouTube, podcast, blog, Instagram live, uh, news, just a long, long form newsletter, for us, our long-form content is our podcast. So after I figured out our our marketing calendar with our launch schedule, I actually go into that and I figure out what podcast topics and titles are going to work best based on what's going on and what else we're promoting in our company and our business at that point. So for instance, if I were to launch a course on YouTube, I would probably make a podcast episode about YouTube Spoiler alert, I'm not doing this. <laughs> uh, not at all. I'm not I, I'm not a YouTuber, so you wouldn't come to me to learn about YouTube. You would probably come to le- me to learn about podcasting, but that's also not in the cards for right now. But I pick my long-form content topics based on what I'm doing and what I have decided in that marketing calendar. Then I go and create that podcast. So I record the podcast. I create the show notes. And after that's done, I literally take... The, what I've created for the podcast and turn that into a newsletter. So newsletter is like a weekly email. Um, it's not, when you think of newsletter, you think like kind of boring, like, hey, here's what I've been up to this week. Here's my quote of the week. Here's my recipe of the week. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> Newsletters are very much story-based. Really, they're just like weekly emails. But I, I build that email based on the podcast topic. So sometimes I start podcasts with Sometimes I start podcasts, that's a weird thing to say, podcasts with a story. I typically just take that story and turn that into a newsletter. So boom, we're done with that. So we have our first step is creating your marketing calendar, then create your long form content, done. Once that's done, create your email by repurposing that long form content, done. And then and then I create my Instagram content. Now, this is where you would create your Facebook, Instagram, TikTok content, whatever social media platform you decide to use. For me, it's Instagram. So I'm actually taking that email that I wrote and repurposing it into my Instagram content. So I started with my marketing calendar. I made a podcast. The podcast got repurposed into an email. The email got repurposed into an Instagram post or several Instagram posts. We At, some, at one point, we were making like six Instagram posts from each email or each podcast. And that is how I go about my content process. 
I am never reinventing the wheel. I am very rarely trying to come up with a bunch of content from scratch. I have all of my systems in place that make that entire process very, very easy. And with just a couple hours per week, we can do all of that. We're doing two podcasts per week, two emails per week. We try to do Instagram posts every single day, and we can do that with just a few hours per week. We can finish all of that. We also use ChatGPT like a lot, you guys, a lot. Uh, I have behind the scenes figured out the exact prompts that I need to put into ChatGPT to give me like almost perfect content and almost perfect emails in my voice. Uh, and with the help of me, like I, I have to give it a lot of information to get back good information and good copywriting, but I've, I've totally hacked that system. So if you guys can spend some time on the front end, like spend some time today getting all of your chat GPT prompts in order, that entire, uh, process for creating your content can become really easy. Now, the last little tip that I'll make for the last little tip that I'll give for making content and just the entire content process is that all of you guys should really streamline your calls to action. Streamline your CTAs. And what I mean by that is that if you have very specific calls to action that you're using, it just becomes so much easier to create content around those different calls to action. So for instance, you might notice that here on the podcast within the last couple of months, I've actually really only promoted like two, maybe three things, and that's it. Now, when I started, I was promoting a million different things. I was promoting all of our different programs. We have like three core programs and then I launch things and then I do workshops and there's so many things going on. After a while, I was like, okay, this is not streamlined enough. Let's take it down a notch. Let's um, funnel it down. Let's get really, really specific. And that's what I've done. So really now on the podcasts, for the most part, of course, there's there's times where I don't, but for the most part, I'm really just promoting our coaching community and and also the masterclass that I do on Wednesdays. So I do a free training on Wednesdays right now, and then I, I also promote our free community. Now, I'm going to go into that call to action right now so you can see this happen in real time, uh, but this is exactly what you guys should do too, by the way. So if you guys love asking your questions here on the podcast, or if you love listening to the podcast and hearing my answers to all of these questions, then why are you not inside of our coaching community? It's hosted in Slack and it's an amazing community. We do multiple coaching calls live on Zoom every single week. So you literally can come and ask your questions like live, not only to me, but to your other coaches. And there is a private community that we have that currently has over 250 other birth workers in it. So an amazing place to be. But what I really want to say is that if you join any of our core programs, you actually get access to that coaching community for an entire year completely for free. So you do not have to pay for that additional coaching. Now, our core programs are our doula training program, our childbirth educator training program, and then our business course called the Doulapreneur Method. So if you're interested in upping your game, if you're interested in going from side gig, dabbler, doula, to full-time career, entrepreneur doula, doulapreneur, then definitely check out our core programs and know that when you join them, you're going to get access to our coaching community for an entire year. You can learn more about our programs by going to birthworker.com. You can find the link in the show notes if you want to check out our community. And until I see you inside our programs, I will see you right back here on the podcast. 
I'll be back in your ears next Wednesday for another amazing episode all about consultations. So how to nail your consultations and actually get hired more as a doula. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you then.